0: I'm Matthew McCleary and I'm Mitchell McCleary and this is Movies While They Sleep. The podcast from two brothers who watch movies and talk about them after their families have gone to bed. On today's episode we talk about well a lot more than one movie it is our respective top 10 movies of 2022 we're looking back at the year past talking about what was good in movies this past year top 10 list coming in hot let's cut to our conversation already in progress let's jump in sleepyheads happy new year (laughs) (laughs) it's a little late for the happy new year Three days, uh, three Jan- January January third. <laughs> three days. <laughs> oh my God, that's brutal. You know, for me, it's it's one day back from break. So for us, actually, that was this past week. I just make it a general rule not to Happy New Year anybody. Yeah, I just you know it's a nice filler. Right, just uh, it's perfect <laughs> podcast content. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Temple today this afternoon and we're recording this on yeah yeah, yeah. vamp yeah vamp <laughs> uh, do you get that as a pastor like in the back room like vamp, no keep going. no it's almost <laughs> always the opposite <laughs> uh like lock it and land the plane the, the number of conversations we have after the fact of well that went long because <laughs> we we really go for a tight 60 minutes we never achieve it we never achieve it but i was at a temple today and 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 they only had one barista making drinks. Temple she, Coffee, and she was a little, yeah, I know, not anything else. And there was only one barista working, and she was really backed up. So it was like I put my order in, and she was still making my drink. And then like the what guy, was, order? was just a americano. Right, okay, that's important. Listeners want to know. Yeah, and I was like talking to the guy. Who's gonna Speaking like, of ring drinks, ring me up. We've actually got a sponsor on this episode. Yeah, magic Great. everyone. Yeah. We talked about them a little bit last week, but uh, we're going to talk about them a little bit again this week. Magic Mind, which actually ironically is a coffee uh, substitute or a coffee uh, teammate, if you will, a a coffee amplifier that uh, is made from nootropics and mushrooms, ashwagandha, all this amazing ingredients that actually give you energy, Uh, unlike caffeine, which just blocks the thing in your brain telling you that you're tired. So, we're not about the blockage, all right? We're about the the activation here. And uh yeah, they're they're sponsoring this episode. And so, I've been using it, you've been using it. I've we, used it. It's we've great. We both felt an actual difference in our energy yeah. levels, which is awesome. And I like that it's like a, a bit of a fruity like uh it's it's like a pressed juice vibe in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So it kind of wakes you up, gets you going, and uh, I don't get my afternoon headaches. I don't get my afternoon lulls. I been. I. I was definitely feeling that, too, and I just love coffee in the afternoon, and I still had it, mm. but it was just because I like it and not because right. I needed it, right? Coffee in the morning is a I need. Coffee uh-huh. in the afternoon is a fun treat. Oh, but it's still just an Americano. Sure, sure. <laughs> but uh, it's a treat. It's not for the energy. That's where we. That's where Magic Mind comes in. And, uh, hey, they're sponsoring this pod, so if you guys want to check them out, uh, you can go to magicmind.co forward slash movie sleep so that they know that you're coming from our podcast. And then uh, when you check out, do the coupon code MOVIESLEEP20, and get 40% off your subscription. So again, magicmind.co forward slash movie sleep. Coupon code is movie sleep 20 for 40% off your subscription. 40% that's a great deal. That's huge, that's huge. And yeah, I can't, I can't sing their praises enough. Quality product by Magic them. Mind. Has the movies while they sleep stamp of approval. Keeping us up as we record these late night pods. And watching those late night movies. And we're back. And I was like having to make I decided small when we talk. do ads, I'm going to be doing snaps. Yeah, great. Just, you know, yeah. get, and then get out. Yeah. I was having to make small talk with the guy at the register. You know, it's like, hey, what do you got going on today? Do you remember that happened to us when we did that double feature day? And oh, yeah. You, it was the you, same you know, people. <laughs> well, I went to a different temple, but. No, but we we saw the same baristas at a coffee shop because we went twice in one day oh my gosh that's right yeah yeah we and went before pizza and then after a yeah. late night movie yeah we and and it's like ah you know and then and then you just sound like a well i felt lame like okay yeah we we just saw two movies today uh, <laughs> uh, but uh i'd be like who are these guys let's hang out he's like what's going on and i'm like well you know it's i don't and i just like i don't oh it's my day off and he's like I didn't even know it was a holiday today and then what do you say happy MLK day but um, right. you know, <laughs> I don't really know the story like nowhere sorry yeah, I, I wish you could uh, be off too it's great no he was excited about his time and a half oh well there you go yeah so anyway movies um. uh, which, which speaking of happy new year speaking of new years that's what ah. today's episode is all about see what I did there that was beautiful that was beautiful a yeah, we are not talking about the new year, but we are looking Mastering back. Master the segway. We are looking back to our favorite movies of 2022. You know, and in some ways, it's also looking forward to like the Academy Awards. And what you know, in is a lot gonna of ways, you have to look back before you can look forward, and that's what we're doing with this week's episode. Really want to tie the bow on 2022, right? Oh yeah, a neat little yeah. package at, yep. at your. Uh, ears doorstep How did we feel About 2022 in general I felt pretty Good I'd say not great I'd, I'd give it a solid B minus I think I'm kind of with you B minus B. B-, interesting, B Interesting year In that like I'm looking at my Top 10 and I'm feeling Good about it mm-hmm. But I, I, there's like a whole slate of directors who did not release a picture this year. Right. I'm thinking of our PTAs, our David Finchers. Right, right. You know, and, and David Fincher has a movie coming out this year. Wes Anderson has a movie coming out now this year in 2023. He's got, does he have two movies coming out? Two? I've heard he had two movies coming out this yeah, year. Maybe, yeah. You know, and and, and so the kind of slate, right, is... It's a different mix of filmmakers mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. You know, we still got a Jordan Peele movie. That was great. We got a Steven Spielberg movie, right? We got a Greta Gerwig movie coming out in 2023, 20, right? Like kind of those, you know, the, the, there's this kind of class of filmmakers that just didn't make anything in 2022, which is right. kind of, you know, we have years like that. Right. And But I'm looking at these movies and I think these are pretty good movies. And That's I good. think... Are you you suggesting we might be gearing up for another 2019 esque year? Well, one can only hope. One can only hope. (laughs) 2019 is a real banner year. See, I look at my 2020, or I look at my 2019 top ten, and my soul sings. Looking at just the top five, where each one of these is just a banger after banger, and I think maybe one movie from my list this year makes makes my soul sing. I'll tell you, I got one. I got one movie that does that for me too, and and I cannot stop thinking about this movie. We know uh, again. No, no, no. We don't know. Once again, don't know. Oh, interesting. We'll see. Wow. I don't, no, 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 you could probably guess. Yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna say we're gonna do a little McCleary brother repeat of the shared number one movie. But uh, other than that, I am curious because you've published your list, your top ten of twenty twenty two. And yes. you've published it. I have not looked at it. I've kept mine hidden, knowing you would check. I totally would. <laughs> you would have. And it's a lot more fun to be surprised <laughs> and not to influence each other's opinion here. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I've seen. I don't know. Is there? Is there any, are there any movies that you've yeah, not you, been able to see? You want to go over our gaps first? Yeah. What are your gaps? I think my biggest, easily my biggest gap would be the Fablemans. Yeah, the Spielberg. Which, which i uh yeah I've just not been able to get to a theater. Yeah. Um we live somewhere where we have very few babysitters. And so it's been mm. it's been e- even a lot of these movies it was tough just to get there on my own to go see yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, Failman slipped through the cracks. I still want to see it and I might adjust my list post episode but for now miss that one. And then I'm trying to think if there are the I, I I didn't see RRR. I mm. didn't see I feel like I didn't see a lot of A twenty four movies this year. Like you missed bodies, I, bodies, bodies. Well, I missed. I miss, I miss that. I missed men. I missed. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, let me let me pull up. I, I think for me, my biggest. I'm I'm looking. Um, I have not seen Bones and All yet, and I haven't seen the Whale, the Brennan Fraser movie. Right, the for, Whale's for, another major. And that was gap. an A twenty four one actually. Um, I did not and, see the Woman King. I did, I did see the woman King and I did not see Bardo, the Alexander and Yuratu movie that's on Netflix. Yeah. That I just, it, it's so long. It's like three hours long and I hear it's like kind of a self-indulgent mess. And so to, to give my time over to that mm-hmm. is, uh, it, is tough. I, I have found, you know, cause there's a couple of foreign language films that I that I want to catch that I haven't yet, mm-hmm. including the uh, German language "All Quiet" the remake of "All Quiet on the Western Front." Right, but uh, kind of the same thing. It's so long, and mm-hmm. and I just like kind of want to give justice to it. It's just and and it's just sitting there on Netflix. So it feels like oh, it's just going to be there. You know, women talking. It feels <laughs> like a big gap for me. Oh sure, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, but that's been.
1: I don't it, even it's know what w-
0: year that's been released basically like I know it's a 2022 yeah. movie but it wasn't even it hardly qualified for awards it's it's in super limited right now and it's so tough when there's a lot of these movies that either have extremely limited releases yeah. or basically like one weekend and then really yeah. they're released in 2023 so yeah yeah triangle did of you, sadness I, was gonna I did say, not did you see, see triangle of sadness I caught that I did that. not And then I think the last one for me is Armageddon time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some significant gaps there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know. So listeners, should one of those (laughs) mentioned gaps be one of your favorites? Please uh, extend extend some grace in my direction. Don't be be mad when we fail to mention. Don't be upset when Mitchell fails to include Black Panther Wakanda Forever on his top 10 list. He hasn't seen it yet. I haven't either, actually, but <laughs> I think the only superhero movie that I saw this year was uh, Avatar. You of, saw the Batman. We did an episode uh, on the Batman. Oh, you, you know what? Batman almost made my list. Uh, Me too. A lot of people are down on that movie, but it was close. I don't. No, I. It's all. It almost made my top ten. Yeah. Well, let's uh, start there. Let's start yeah. with the honorary mentions. Oh, oh. No, no. We can't do honorary mentions. We do that at the end, right? All or right. We we'll do, do it, it now. No, we can we'll do, do it. it. now. Let's do it at the end because here's like a spoiler. Happen. We're going to do some, I'll say my 10, and you'll be like, that's my seven. And then we'll yeah. inevitably talk about it. So let's, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do really right. We'll save. Yeah. Why don't you just kick us off with number seven? All 10 right. Here? We're going to start with number 10. Okay, I'm going to be honest. This is a very. What, 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 what do you want to start with number one? <laughs> no, no, obviously. So my number 10, uh, it is a very kind of sentimental pick for me. It's a yeah. smaller movie, it was early in the year. I have a lot of affection for the director, Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> <laughs> but I also just really thought this was a just a small-scale, tightly constructed movie that was really effective, and that is Steven Soderbergh's *Kimmy*. Kimmy, really? I love wow. this movie. Man, out of nowhere, Kimmy just I, I climbs know. to the top. I know. I know. I mean, and look, t- to be totally honest, there are movies on my honorable mentions. That maybe are better than Kimmy. I, I think maybe even like the Batman is a better movie than Kimmy. But I like this movie, and I want almost every like this to exist. almost every movie on my list is better than my number two pick. It's thug, but <laughs> that, that, it's still my number two. Pick. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think I know what your number two pick is. Uh, okay. Um, but uh, wow! Yeah, I I'm just, shocked by this. I'm shocked. But you saw Kimmy, right? Yeah, it was great. It was great. It's great. It was great. T- but this totally is the fun of these it. lists: seeing what hits people differently. Yeah, yeah. Because that it, that one me. kind of like COVID movie came and went. Yes. It didn't get maybe as much yeah. discourse as it might deserve. And, and I'll say, and it was a weird season where Zoe Kravitz was in this and the Batman. She was everywhere. She had a good year, but also like so. The way that I did my list this year was I started this list unpublished on Letterboxd early in the year, mm-hmm. and when I watched a movie that I felt like might. End up on my top ten of the year. I added mm-hmm. it to that list, and mm-hmm. Kimmy was always there, and it never went away. <laughs> wow! And I just—that that is wild. Again, it's number ten for a reason, but the, and, and there's and there's no reason though. You know, there's no <laughs> reason why some movies just happen to hit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, hit you in yep. certain moments of your life perfectly. Yep. Yeah. You know. Yeah, T- to me it was, it is like this is, if, if we had five or six of these a year, I would be so thrilled. Yeah, good feelings about it. Kimmy, what's your number 10? Well, I'm going to upset some people with this, I feel. Although, you know, you might be upsetting people more than I am with the either the placement or the lack of placement of this film. But I'm actually, I'm cheating. I'm going to do a three-way tie. Oh for my tomorrow. gosh. <laughs> I'm gonna do a three-way tie.
1: <laughs> Should so I do does a that two- mean you
0: Does that mean you have twelve movies on your list? I have fifteen things I'd like to talk about. Fifteen? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's hear your three-way tie for. Well, okay. 10. Do you want a three three-way tie or a two-way tie? Whatever. Do two. Do two. Bump one of them to nine. <sighs> this is hard. Okay. Okay. You know, I'll do. I'll just say one honorary mention. Okay. And, okay, and I'll say sure. more later. But this is the one that m- might have been tied. Sure. But The Northman did not make it on my top ten. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm bummed for that fact. And I, I don't know if it is a recency bias thing. I would love to rewatch that movie and like be rejuvenated by what is happening there and see how it hits. You know, almost a year later because that came out in early 2022. I feel like yeah, maybe March or April. And it kind of just a cold, wet movie that got kind of swept under the rug for a lot of the conversation, I feel like. Yeah, I feel that too. Like a lot of people had problems with it that I don't quite uh, understand because I remember being exhilarated by it. We did an episode on it. So so that's an honorary and tied for top ten. And I will say The Northman is not on my list. That's why I think fe- I didn't think it was, and that's why I mm-hmm. thought it'd be a good honorary mention. Yeah, and that is one of my honorable mentions as well. I I like that movie a ton. I thought about putting it on this list, and ultimately, and I do think there's some recency bias here. And I'm going to talk yes. about my number nine, which is kind of a qualified entry here as well. So for sure, but go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So Tide, and again, people will be extremely upset about this because the fandom for this movie is intense. But my number ten, Tide two tied ones is everything everywhere all at once Uh and polar opposite vibe of a movie, the Banshees of (laughs) your (laughs) Sharon. Now Banshees right now is making a huge push for like the award season. And a lot of people are seeing it. It's on HBO max. Yeah. So it's got some definitely good vibes rolling into this award season and kind of like the moment recency bias and then obviously everything everywhere all at once was like the movie of the year in terms of getting people to go to the movies. I feel like it's the most talked about highest rated on Letterbox, like it mm-hmm. it it's crazy the response to it. Yeah. Um but uh and you and me talked about this a little bit off mic. I think what drops that down for me that movie is um, just some some of the I think what drops it down a little bit for me is some of the like meta ironic sense of humor to it where yeah. you know the everything bagel of it all where there's this like sincerity sincerity running through the film that is also undercut by like look the core of the crux of the movie is this like pun of a joke yeah um, and it just didn't quite land for me uh, see it's tough for me because I, I agree with you and this movie is on my list it's number eight and so not that far away from where you put it and and i think there some of that meta ironic humor really works for me in the movie like right. the side you know tangents with the raccoon ratatouille universe and right the hot dog fingers like and that's funny right right or like the homage to all these films that we love yeah yeah, yeah. There, there there is a breaking of the wall that is effective and then yes. there's moments that are not effective for me and then it's like oh when this is the central crux of the movie is an everything bagel i'm like oh that feels that feels like i remember in the theater feeling mm-hmm. kind of deflated by that yeah like they almost got a little nervous like they yeah. wanted they wanted yeah. to beat people to the joke the punchline of the joke about the movie yeah. before before people yeah. were able to say it yeah and so that, you know, it's, that's what knocks it's it down. a tough it's a tough thing you know how do you kind of you know, come to a resolution in a multiverse movie like this, but and you know what, probably too. Just the, I'm not a multiverse guy. Just in general, yeah, it's yeah. not the type of story that I'm drawn to. So, again, great movie, but I, flirting, and I flirting say, with being on the list. I am, and and I'm like to me, it's it's number eight. It's solidly on my list. The fact that because of this movie, I've gotten to see so much Michelle Yeoh this year is like a very good thing. <laughs> Right, that's kind of like the best part of it is the aftermath of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kiwi K- Kihi Khan, who is kind of supporting, you know, the 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 Wayman character, mm-hmm. right? Like they're both amazing act- actors, and to have been able to kind of enjoy the aftermath of it, and and I actually love both those performances, right? I think I think yeah. they're both really stellar, and and so it is just I like this movie a lot. I have not revisited it since seeing it in the theater i've been curious to do so for a long time i just haven't you know so i'm not sure if it's streaming anywhere accessible no i know it's been it was like on vod pretty quick but they've been really i think probably good on a24 for keeping the price kind of high and all a24 movies are like that yeah yeah. they're very protective of that yeah which is frustrating most of the time yeah but uh okay so that is your tide for 10 yeah everything uh, everywhere and banshees and is banshees on your list banshees is on my list it's um my number five okay Um, well let's talk more about banshees once we get there because you'll have a lot more interesting stuff to say yeah so what is your number nine so my number nine is the fablemans by steven spielberg okay and and this is one that i i kind of went back and forth this is the last one i added to my list and it might be better than number nine it might be worse i'm not sure i have a lot of like kind of really positive feelings about the movie and there there are individual things and this is what i have found with kind of late career spielberg did you see west side story last year no so and i love that movie but what I found with the late period Spielberg is you you watch this stuff and, and it is very easy to really kind of marvel at kind of craftsmanship he is still doing. While at the same time, there's a distance to, you know, between me and the work or whatever it is. Um, and I felt that a little bit with the Fable Mens, but then mm-hmm. there are sequences with the Fable mens where i I was just so wrapped up in it, you know the story it's a it's this kind of very autobiographical story of a young boy who is is supposed to be Spielberg. I mean he has a different name in the film, but very open and honest. this is his life story right right and and he which a lot of directors that we grew up with and come to be important in our lives are kind of making that yes. movie the past few years. yeah. Like, whether it be The Irishman, Licorice Pizza, kind of. Yep. Like, this seems to be a theme for some of these auteurs in our life. And, And it starts when he's really young, and, you know, his parents and kind of him first going to a theater to see a movie and being really struck by it, and then in his room with a camera kind of trying to recreate sequences from the film with his toy train set and then being a teenager and like making films you know for his school and as these projects and like being taken really seriously and and there are these very fun sequences where you know it's 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 this you know high school boy with his boy scout troop making a war film in the desert of Arizona or New Mexico wherever they are and the inventiveness of this young Spielberg creating oh how are we going to put across you know gunshots and this action and all of this and my favorite sequence in the movie is you know they've gone on this camping trip and he's just taken all this footage of, of um of his family on a, this camping trip and mm-hmm. his mom is played by michelle williams um and his dad really wants him to edit the family camping trip footage um into a you know a, a presentation right. that that'll cheer her up and it's just him in this like little editing bay that mm-hmm. in his room. There's no dialogue. All you're seeing is him looking through, you know, these scraps of film. Mm-hmm. And, and this is not really a spoiler. I mean, I think this is pretty evident early in the film. The mom is ha- having some kind of at least emotional affair relationship with. Her best friend, the family's best friend, you know, kind of mm-hmm. his uncle, quote unquote. And this is Spielberg talks about this. This was his parents situation. But you're watching this high school student kind of discover this as he is looking at all the footage of this film. It's kind of this, you know, it's like a they might and- embrace or hold hands for a moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That yeah. kind of subtle stuff, but that you wouldn't see when he he didn't notice it when he was there, but it's on camera and he's it's in the frame and he's seeing it. And it's just really powerful and it's, you know, I hate it's cliché. It's like, "Oh, the power of movies and, you know, whatever." Right. It's such great storytelling. I say this often of like that can only be done in this medium that uh, you right. couldn't write that in a novel or something. And when he looked back on the tape, he saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's so good. And, and really from then on through the rest of the movie, like it's, it's just hitting everything so well. Feeling that I had was boy, I really share a lot of what this kid kind of how, how he really loved movies from a young age. Right. But I, and this is such a cop out, but I'm like, I didn't know how to do any of that when I was a kid technology was in a weird place when we were coming up where it wasn't cheap enough to be accessible, like to make movies on an iPhone. Right. But like film, like film stock and eight millimeter, you know, stuff super eight cameras. That was not a thing either. And so it was like really, you know, low quality VHS, you know, yeah. Mini and there's DVD nothing stuff. in your head saying this is a possibility exactly. to, to try to just yeah. go do this. Yeah. And one of the things I loved about the movie too, is the dad, is kind of you, you kind of expect the paul dano character spielberg's dad is going to be really against making movies it's not practical but mm-hmm. but he is like his greatest response to his son's movie making is like surprised at how good they are and like kind of mildly supportive yeah. and and so there's a lot of nuance and subtlety that, that it's not kind of what i expected and there's an amazing david lynch uh, cameo in the mm. film I think and, i saw that clip on twitter uh-huh. yes 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 so a lot of it worked but but again I, like it does not that that movie's not exciting me right it, 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 it right, is right to me i love it because because of what it represents for spielberg who, who's a director i love right i, I yeah. watched indiana jones the last crusade today on no school holiday with with our, with Enoch and and he was totally into it because Spielberg has always known what he's doing. So sorry, I've talked a lot about my number nine, but we can keep going. Okay. Yes. I'm What's your I'm, number nine? I'm actually excited to watch that at home. I think that's gonna yeah. be a perfect like Friday night movie. Okay. My number nine is the ever generous barbarian. <laughs> and when I say generous I mean in the good times that this supplied to me on both viewings. <laughs> first in theater Easily best theater experience in a long time, and second at home with uh, f- with some friends on like I think we watched on Halloween. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, my gosh, the the good times, the laughs, the horror that it it gave to us was which is a, a generous gift, and for that it's got to make number nine. A genuine shock of loving a horror movie this much. Oh and yeah, I'm with you. Justin Long is a revelation, and uh, I I just even even uh scrolling through instagram i i I found the actor that plays mother yeah and he's he he is just like this like goofy guy you know yeah and it's like the makeup going on but like it cut you know it's doing the behind the scenes thing from like a dvd where it cuts between shots of the movie and that that stuff we don't have dvds anymore so it just lives on instagram yeah yeah it's like he's like buy it on digital and you get special features but it cuts to her like pulling up to the house and I'm already like I'm locked in. I'll watch it again right now. I know. Like, I, totally night, again. Yeah, I know. That rainy night, that rainy night, her I pulling know. up, like sign me up. Skarsgard is just like top of his game in this. So man, one Skarsgard yeah. brother made it and the other one didn't for my top ten. I know. but Barbarian did not make my top ten, but it was like just this, you know, first or second best movie theater experience of the year. Like it was just so it was too unexpected. Fun. It was yeah. so unexpected, so fun, crazy, crazy, crazy. And it, it yeah. could have gotten, uh, it could have easily gotten either way more cringe or gross. I mean, there is yeah. definitely some grossness to it, but not. A, you know, one of the one of mine and Megan's new things is where I watch a crazy horror movie. By myself, and then I explained the plot in detail to her, and she nice. and I was like, "Am I is this boring?" And she's like, "No, this is so fun because I don't want to watch this dumb movie, but, but I want to know. Is, but this is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. It, it's like it could have been needlessly indulgent, and it wasn't. Yes, a lot of horror. I, Sorry, and so. I totally, I think that's a good analogy. It could have been like Saw, and instead, it knows the right level of can't be fun. Mm-hmm. But it's all grounded in like this truly kind of scary thing. It's, it's yeah. so good, Barbie and, and r- Very good. Really knows when to just flip the whole movie upside down multiple yeah. times to keep yep. you engaged. Absolutely. So yeah. That's my number nine. What you? What's your number eight? My number eight, everything, everywhere, all at once, which we discussed. So, um, so go so, go so far with you, your, you have so, number ten uh, is Kimmy, the Fablemans, everything, everywhere, and I've yep. got everything, everywhere, Barbarian, and my number eight, bow, 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 down. I always sing Jurassic Park when I try to sing the top as, ten. Are you gonna say <laughs> Jurassic Park Dominion is your? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Or Jurassic World Dominion. (laughs) That would be like a different multiverse, Mitchell, from everything (laughs) everywhere. If that movie was on my top ten, no, I'm going Top Gun gun, Maverick. Maverick. Top Gun Maverick, baby. (laughs) Um, you know, I I cannot deny. Again, if Barbarian was the best, this was the second best movie theater experience of the year. But yeah, uh, no, that's a good point. Forget about Avatar. <laughs> I think I think I was I was very pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed this movie. It is total cheese ball, it is total predictable, cliche, all the things, and it is a total blast at the same time. And you know what? I take my movie watching a little too seriously sometimes, so I need a dose Of Tom Cruise smiling back at me from his motorcycle. Without a helmet on. Without a helmet on. Of course. With his his like tooth, his extra tooth. (laughs) (laughs) Can I tell you? So Top Gun Maverick is on my list. Of course it is. It is my number 2 movie. Of the year. Oh my. I knew it, I knew it would be high. I knew it would be like crazy high for you. I mean, for most of the year it was my number 1. I gosh, I don't have to tell you. I love this movie. I've I've watched it since my son loves this movie. It was such a fun movie to watch as a family over Thanksgiving. Number 2. It I don't know. It it's like I'm 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 excited to talk about my number 1 and number 2 because they represent basically entirely opposite ends of totally what i love about movies and which i i think it'll serve it better if we yeah wait till that one too so i'm not gonna i just had some basic thoughts about the movie and like just in general the stuff that i typically respond to and so it's not top gun maverick so is not at all and so for it to make it on your list at number eight is a huge success for the movie yes and like 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 i said pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed it. But uh, I think a barometer that I use for these types of lists is not even... We we have this conversation a lot of is it the best movie or is it my favorite movie? Because most people can probably recognize like, yeah, I realize that... I don't know... Love actually is not peak of cinema but it might be one of your favorite movies of all time you know whatever like everyone's got their so-called guilty yeah. pleasures yeah yeah, but yeah 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 for yeah. me an important barometer that I like to stick to with these lists is just how much I want to revisit these movies mm. from this past year like already yeah. and yeah. so that easily filters out like and drops movies down quickly so that's why that one isn't even higher cuz I, I wasn't so excited. Like I need to watch that again. Like sure. I saw it in theaters. I think I'm good for a bit, but I loved yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, that was your number eight? My number seven is a movie we've not mentioned yet, and that okay. is uh, Park Chan Wook's Decision to Leave. Is that your number seven? That's my number seven. <laughs> 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 Look at us, the brothers. <laughs> efficient, I love that. ever, ever efficient. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So, this has not come up on the podcast at all. No. This was a, a, a sleeper in terms of accessibility. Oh, I know. Uh, kind of flew on the radar for a bit. Yeah. Tough accessibility. It is now streaming on Mubi. Which um, you can get a free one-month trial. Uh, no, no. My trial was 90 days. That was my original trial when I got it like uh, a year ago. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. And M- Mubi's cool. They don't have a lot of movies, but they're cool. Well, their whole thing is they have a, a movie every day. Uh, like a movie of the day or whatever, but it's I mean, they have like a, a bigger catalog, but they like update a lot, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah, movies are interesting, yeah. Movies actually, yeah, it's very cool. And hey, if you want to give it a sponsored like, uh, our email, I do like Star the curation but... aspect of it, you know, similar right. to Criterion Channel. But so, Decision Leave is on movie, that's how yeah. I watched it. it. It's your friend with the best movie taste recommending yeah. a new movie to you once a day. Yes, no, that's that's a good way of putting it. But I, uh, I kind of came into decision to leave. I didn't know it was as much of a thriller as it is. Right, I knew almost nothing about it when I watched it, other than, Same. hey, it's a good new Park Chan Wook movie. It's a it's a Korean language, um, mm-hmm. South Korean film, and. And I I just really, it is such a, 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 both does the thriller kind of murder mystery thing, like very excellently, Mm -hmm. but also it is like so much more than that. Yeah. There's so much depth. There are so many layers and there is, there is, there are layers and layers of understanding and nuance in this movie that are completely lost on me Mm -hmm. because I don't speak Korean or Mandarin. I'm not of this culture Right. And despite that, the movie is still entirely effective. Oh, and, yeah. And I think getting across those things. Yeah, like I, we watched it and it has a similar energy, like kinetic movement as yeah. like an everything everywhere all at once mm-hmm. in terms of like almost every shot in this movie is doing some new camera oh technique. Gosh. Like it's, it's insanely impressive. Uh, like there there's, you, we, I hear this term sometimes on movie podcasts, but there's definitely like an athleticism yes. to the camera work in this movie but it's not uh, it's not indulgent in a way that's like they're just doing it for no reason it's like constantly keeping you re-engaged in the storytelling and most of the time it, it serves some of the themes that they're playing with but we watched the movie at home and I loved it and I immediately was like I need to rewatch this basically now yeah um, which is again a good sign for gain high yep. on my list and then i was just watching some youtube video analysis of it and oh my gosh like there were some that were breaking down certain shots was like this is the most important shot in the movie and then when they <laughs> talked about it I was like after consuming some you know analysis it just really opened my eyes to oh i was like experiencing this but not in a way i could give language to but then you realize like yes that is why they talk about the wallpaper they talk about the wallpaper they talk like spoilers and kind of but or actually no there's a there's a shot in the movie there is a sand dune mountain on a beach and the waves crash over it and demolish it yeah. And there's lots of themes in this movie with the mountains versus the ocean and what movie they starts mean. starts at the mountain, ends at the ocean. Yeah, but, like, the characters, the... Oh I know, I know. Yeah, obviously yeah. there's so much more, but the movie is bookended by those images. Right, right. And there's, and like, so, this, this motif of wallpaper that looks like both of those things. Right. And so having this sand dune being, you know, washed away yeah. by the waves. And it's a beautiful shot, and it's very striking when you first see it. But, you know, reading a little bit more... And trying to like we say a lot like give more of yeah. yourself to it. Wow, there's a lot going on, and I can't wait to rewatch it. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. I, and I think there is an athleticism to the filmmaking. There's a dynamic aspect to to it, but also every single composition is so beautiful. Like mm-hmm. the the production design, the cinematography, the colors of the lighting, colors are ridiculous. The the sushi sequence where they're just eating sushi and it's mm-hmm. like it looks so amazing. <laughs> It's really funny. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the dynamic between the main detective and his partner is really funny. This one excited me. Um, yes. It, it's just rare when you're like, this is something different. Man, it's such a good reminder, too. There's a whole world of cinema out there. I and know. What are we missing th- out on here? That th- th- that I just, it's a lot of it's less less accessible, and I get all that. But it's like, man, like, this, this stands up next to anything that was made in... In English this year right like yeah and I just wish feet more theaters and more accessible streamers were on this thing so yeah yeah cool well what is your number six uh my number six is also a very exciting film uh one that we saw together and that is Avatar the Way of Water wow wow yeah that's high up there (laughs) (laughs) did this not make your top 10 no <laughs> I, I uh, every time I remembered the movie, I just remembered thinking, "Like, man, I want to swim in some water. This looks awesome." Hey, I'm <laughs> 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 I am thirsty, which wasn't quite enough to make some over some of these other choices. Yeah. I got. I don't. I, I don't have to talk a ton about Avatar. It was our last episode. We a, yeah, we have a whole pod on it. Uh, uh, a great achievement, it really is, and they're gonna pass the two billion dollar mark. In the mm-hmm. next week or so which is insane i mean it, that the, the story of the money making aspect of this movie is like insane to me because i'm like i watched it i'm like this is really good i don't know why it's oh, almost making two billion dollars I, I can't understand i, I can't cannot begin to understand <laughs> that's part of the mystery of uh a, a, a big gym isn't it <laughs> it really really he, he just will money making into his life he's like well, it doesn't matter what I make; it's gonna make all the money. Did you see the article? I, you did, because I sent it to you. Of well, I guess I gotta make three and four now because this one's been successful, right? Like, <laughs> it's so unbelievably successful. I mean, it's just—I mean, he's arrogant. Hands are tied now. But you know, every time he makes a movie, it makes over two billion dollars. So good for him. <laughs> And did you did you hear that they're re-releasing Titanic in the theaters this year uh, as the 4K so restoration? It, it'll once again be. Yeah, That's how he. That's how he wins. I, well, yeah, that is how he wins. Uh, hey, just keep re-releasing them. <laughs> I need to keep my numbers stacked. Um, it, it is truly like one of the great mysteries of American culture as to why these movies just make a crazy. I, I mean, it's it's it, all of it. Most of its money is global i mean it's still made a ton in the u.s but it's just a great mystery so what is your number six jordan peele's nope wow nope nope is number six is nope on your list nope is my number three dang i love nope Okay, Nope is a movie. I I, I want I know it's your number six. I want to hear you talk about it. I'm gonna start with this though. Nope is a movie that I really am excited to rewatch. It I haven't yet. But, That's why it's my number six right now. But every time I think about it, I'm like, boy, that was really good. And right. It is. And and like the kind of allure and mythology of nope has grown in my mind since i've seen it that's that's why it's here it keeps haunting me much like the cloud in the movie it is just kind of hanging above me throughout my day because i don't understand this film in its totality you know Uh, absolutely i I want to dig in more and you know there's certain movies where it rewards you digging in more and then there's certain movies where it's like oh, no, I'm excited to chew on more of this versus, like, I know there's a lot there and it's a lot of sift through, but I don't really want to, you know? Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, there, there's just a mystery to know. It's funny. It's like I know this is dumb because this is the kind of part of the metaphor of the movie, but, like, the mystery <laughs> and how elusive this movie is to, like, yeah. capture what it, what it's doing is keeping me really intrigued and wanting me to come and it's like one of the better it's like one of the better looking movies this year Jordan Peele is like in three movies is such a master that he can take he he knows he can make a good horror movie so he's not interested in that it's like that we thing. talked about that that was part yeah. of our conversation was he's so good he's so good at everything that he's bored and he's like let it, me, yeah let me it, twist it around it's like that <laughs> moment in french dispatch when he's like see that guy he can yeah. he can paint a bird perfectly but yeah. he he finds this compelling that's yeah. why you know because yeah. people don't understand the abstractness but it, yes yeah. you know i i saw somebody kind of break down the opening couple of Uh, uh, some of the opening of Nope in in which it's his dad gets struck down by some projectile on their coin or something. It's a coin. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, and, and this was kind of the commentary on this was, you know, the, he gets struck down and you don't know what it is. Just something is coming out of the sky Mm -hmm. and he, and he's dead. And then like the next shot is of an x-ray of the dad's head, his skull. And you can see that it's a coin. And the commentary was that, This shot answered one question and raises about a dozen more. (laughs) Right, and that's the that to me is part of the expert filmmaking of the movie. The Mm -hmm. way that that he just walks that line so perfectly of of answering questions as you go along because you have to keep the viewer in it, Mm -hmm. but then really broadening this out. Ask it like here's here we you don't know where this is going. This is a total mystery. But like including in, to the end where you're like, What oh, yeah. is happening. What but did in I those, just see in those first few shots? It's like, oh, well, I can trust him because he's answered a question already. And, right. and 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 I mean, that's all over the movie, right? Like it's, it, it's it, so playful, too. Right. Uh, the, we, I think that trust thing is important, though. Yeah. Like the fact that he sneaks a short film horror movie into this movie with. Um, yes. What's the monkey's name? I don't remember. Gordy. Gordy. Because the storytelling with Gordy is so succinct and powerful, yeah. you, you're kind of watching it. This the bigger story unfold, and it is confusing what's happening. But you, he's already shown he knows how to tell you to not yep. lose you in a story. So you're yes. tr- you're like, okay, this isn't for nothing. This isn't just yeah. strange decisions that are coming together in the end. There's something yeah. here for you to explore. Yeah, know I I love Nope. I, I can't wait to watch it again. It's almost like I've been like kind of saving it mm-hmm. for like when I'm really in the right mood to say, okay, I want to dive into this thing again. And I think it's only been on like Peacock. Which Yeah, is it's on Peacock. Yeah, I have. I have it because we have Comcast for our internet. So we get Peacock. Okay. Which is like the weird thing of the streaming era where like half the stuff I have access to is because I already have something else. Right. And right. like, you know. Like HBO, but yeah, Nope is, on, is there on, on Peacock Peacock and Drone. Uh, yeah, uh, great. Okay, so that was your number... Six. Six. Okay, so my number five then, which I already mentioned is The Banshees of Inner Sheeran. Okay, let's talk about uh, it. But we didn't talk about it. So, so this is a Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleason, Martin McDonough directed um, little little Irish movie that is... No accents just, will be attempted in this No, <laughs> No, I, I really shouldn't. I just have such like an affection for it, like some mm-hmm. kind of like really warm feelings. It's a darker movie, but um, s- some kind of real. And my my review of it, if you remember, I I, <laughs> I my joke part was the living daily with the fear that my podcast partner will decide I'm dull and stop talking <laughs> movies with me, uh, and you know, and that's the central premise, right? Brennan Gleason right. finds a friend i'm already doing the accent Uh, yeah 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 don't like you anymore his words (laughs) he's he's dull and boring and doesn't want to have anything to do with him and wants to be left alone to write his songs on his fiddle right and there's such a tenderness to what the story is about which is a friendship there's such a kind of a wild extremity of 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 parts of this too or a lack of of extremities Yes. Yes. A lack of extremities. <laughs> in, in terms of like in parts of the movie, it, it feels so grounded and real. It's this human story of relationship, and then he starts cutting off his own fingers, and you're like, "Oh, this is a fable. Like this is a folk tale, right? right. You know, it. It's something else entirely. You know, what's funny. The scissors reminded me of us. The scissors. Oh yeah totally, yeah, totally. Totally. Like these are comical scissors. No. Yeah. Who, who owns these scissors? I mean, they're they're shears. But I know. But you know, come on. I know. I know. And, and again, I think it's a much more nuanced movie than initially give it credit for. I mean, I I actually love the kind of conversation about art and, you know, this desire as a creative person to hold themselves off from the world and just create, you know, I think the movie invites that question of what joy then is there in creating if you don't have people to share it with. Mm. And, and that, that's a beautiful thing, but that's not even, I, I don't even think that's front and center because. The movie then ends up being about like small town living, right. Right. right, and trying to escape that. Only one per everyone talks about leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, it's set against the backdrop of the Irish Civil War, which I did not know was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Sheeran is this little island off the mainland of Ireland. They can literally see cannons being fired on the mainland as this war is being fought, mm-hmm. and they're desperate to go there. <laughs> That's how much they hate where they're from, right, and. And, and that's, that's such a, you know, it's easy to look as an outsider and say, well, that's crazy. Why would you go to war? Yeah. Um, how, how bad is your small town? But that, that's the oppression that they feel in that place yeah and 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 there's some cultural things that i'm just not acquainted with at all and and it's beautiful it's so beautiful yeah i think for me my biggest mistake was watching this over the course of three nights and and i think the kind of wandering pace does not it is not complemented by being broken up that much but a feeling i did have when watching this was that that pace really again, I don't mean to be too literal like with the title, but the movie really does lull you into a sense of mundanity, which is so aggressively broken up. It's pretty effective. Like not only the you know, the fingers being cut off, spoiler spoilers alert, and the house burning down and, you know, whatever, but seeing Colin Farrell's character basically lose Everything that's important to him in his life yeah. in the yeah. course of 20 minutes, whether it's oh, his sister gosh, leaving, his friend his committing suicide, his donkey being big gear for donkeys at the being killed then, yeah. or you know accidentally dying, and then his losing his best friend, seeing a man just being reduced to having nothing, you know, yeah. and how quickly that happens. Like it's really effective. Again, I wish I need to rewatch on a single viewing, and I think it'll sing a little bit. I saw this loud. one in theaters. So it was a much different experience. Of yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, you describe it well, but I think it's it's all the more effective to be locked yeah. in. Now, do you know what a banshee is? Did you fi- find that out? I don't know why I think it's a flying like dragon thing. No, 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 yeah, yeah. So so look up banshee in Irish folklore. Oh, it's like a screaming woman. It, but who is calling out death on people, right? And there is a literal banshee in this movie. It's like a siren. Yes, yeah, kind of a siren of death. A or, scary or like siren. A, an omen of death, you know, and there, there is one. There's a witch who's like, hanging and out. and there is, yeah, there is a banshee in this movie. And again, like I'm not familiar with the fo- the Irish like folklore of banshees. I was like sitting in the theater looking it up as the movie was going on. Yeah, um, and so it's that was a kind of a fun element to it. it movie's great. It's, I like it. It's like good. she she's seen as kind of a joke in the town. Like, yeah, oh, that crazy witch with her meandering green yeah. ways, but. And Then you see the events unfold, and you're like, eh, maybe she's up to something over there." Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It's a good movie. I uh, yeah. just from this conversation, I'm already feeling more of it from than I am for everything. So I might, I might just bump it to my ten. I, I kind of want it. Uh, I kind of yeah. want it on the list. I kind of want. Yeah, I, I wanted to do this as an episode. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we we're, we're off yeah. our rhythm here. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's your number five. Yeah, what's yours? My number five is One You Didn't See, which is Bones and All. Ah, Bones and All. Yes. Directed by Luca... How do you say his last Guadagnino. name? Guadagnino. Who, uh, I mean, me and Sarah, Maybe because just just means Sarah saw us on a date night. Great date night movie. Very, uh... <laughs> romantic? <laughs> That's the thing. It is very romantic. It, it's In a, a cannibal a movie. a kind of way, right? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I get why no one watched this movie. And, I mean... I'm a little surprised by it because of the star power of Timothy Chalamet, but cannibal movies are maybe a hard sell for people. But yeah, here's uh, as I was watching but the, do, do you find it a little <laughs> odd that the last movie Timothy Chalamet made with Luca Guadagnino <laughs> yeah, it, there's starred something to it. A, a literal cannibal? Oh, excuse me. A man who has been accused of, like, strange cannibalism. So, Uh, Luca Guadagnino directed (laughs) Call Me By Your Name, starring (laughs) Timothy Chalamet and Army Hammer, who, a recent, you know, controversy. (laughs) Scandal. Women have come out and said, like, no, he's into cannibalism or, like, like low-key or... And and then they decided, well, let's let's do a cannibal movie. This is weird. Okay. But go on. Yeah, Yeah, there's some... they they gotta be in on the meme, um, and that's what it is. Everything's just a meme, not like really. I mean, do you serious think it was sitting there on set terrifying? like, oh my gosh, I remember Army Hammer? Hey, this is weird. <laughs> we should get him in the movie. It would only make sense, like have him be like a Marvel hero that comes in no, uh, in the I after credits. What, no. oh, that would be okay. so funny. Like the credits roll, and then it cuts to like him somehow in the movie. Okay, so uh, but here's the thing: you walk into a cannibal movie, and you say to yourself, hey cannibalism is like a really easy metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like just, just hang out with that. It's, um, it's obviously a metaphor, you know, yeah. and it can be a metaphor for like a million different things. And like, as I was watching the movie, I just felt all of a lot of those things, you know, whether it be class, you know, in the, I think this is in the eighties of yeah. like people just like destroying each other. Yeah. Or um, relationships, or like there's a bunch of readings for it, but it was easier for me to kind of like separate the body horror stuff, which there definitely is some, not as bad yeah. as I thought it would be, actually. Yeah. Um, it was easy to separate and, and take the movie for, you know, a love story that happens to have that backdrop. Yeah. You know, um, and, d- and also it's one of the, it's probably my favorite looking movie of the year. Like I beautifully hear it's beautiful. shot. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Do you, do you find when we talk about metaphor like that? Right. Cause I, cause I totally get it. I get what yeah. you're saying. Do you find, and we were just talking before we started recording, I read George Saunders latest collection of short stories mm-hmm. and, and I think it's pretty fair to say George Saunders has a lot of a, a kind of extremity in his mm-hmm. writing. Right? right. Kind of very, right. I, I, I don't know about cannibalism, but some, some, pretty extreme kind of over the top it's, it's almost a, wacky it's almost wacky yeah, it, yeah sci-fi is not the genre but it is like some kind of surrealist like cart it's almost cartoony yeah yeah and i think about so many of the stories where i'm like well you could never make that into a movie because it right. would be too much right i, I almost the feel women like... with like the steel rod through their heads like on the line yeah and yeah. there's a similar short story in this collection of people who are hung on living room walls and are our t- speakers mm, and wow. i need this book now yeah 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 right and it's horrifying but you you don't ever get tripped up by the horrifying aspect of it i mean he, he draws you into it but, but you're sure. not initially tripped up by it because it's i think written right and, right I think if you're trying to adapt it, it would be like, oh, my gosh, this is like similar to the cannibalism thing. A a hard obstacle to get over Mm -hmm. to then get into the metaphor of really what he's doing in that story. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think that the movie is pretty actually not to use overuse this term in this pod, but it's pretty generous with um, with its readings, because there's some way more obvious stuff like like passed down family trauma. Like her, her mom was a cannibal and was like locked up in an asylum. And like, Mm. how do you take what your parents give you and knowing it's a part of you and, you know, integrating that into a quote unquote normal, you know? Oh, sure. Like there's some stuff like that that's like way easier to pick up on and and like see it. And then there's like, you can kind of ripple effect it out on different readings of the film. And so for me, yeah, it just hit the beats of horror, drama. Like it was like a horror, like a romantic horror, you know? Sure. Sure. But again, the horror aspect is, is definitely a smaller piece of the pie. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. But and that's uh, been my impression. I I I think I do want to see it. I, I just yeah. it's not super accessible yet. Yeah. And again, Chalamet just oh, he's so good, I know. He's a ridiculous movie star. And yeah. last thing I'll say is that there's like rules for this movie. Like in this fictitious world where sure. there's like cannibals or kind of in secret and they're more common and mm-hmm. so again there's there's like some world building almost yeah it's, it's easier yeah, it's interesting it's easier to swallow oh lord some of what what's going on here so sure. lots of, hey there's lots of digest in this movie yeah right? yeah yeah you know what I'm saying? that's good yeah, so yeah, my okay, okay my <laughs> my letterbox review was so is this a meat cute oh lord because rom-com spelled like... No, you okay. got it. Got All it. right. Yeah. What's your number four? <laughs> you know, I've heard from a number of listeners that one of their favorite ongoing bits in our podcast is you saying jokes and me reacting just like I did. Me doing stand-up uh, and bombing yeah, yeah. for an episode. <laughs> <laughs> for an audience of one. Yeah. Uh, that is me. It's my great. number four is a movie you've not seen. It is Armageddon Time. Mm, um, one of my gaps. This is a... Uh, I'll say I have similar feelings to the Fablemans with this one, which was, I don't know if this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Am I ranking it too highly? But this was such a joyful experience and such an uplifting movie. And it's a coming of age. It's it's a, it's a kind of semi autobiographical movie for James Gray, who um, is the director and James Gray did Ad Astra, lost city of Z. He's like a couple Joaquin Phoenix movies. I love Ad Astra um a lot Um, i need to see that i know i would like it oh man you'd love it it's kind of coming of age in the 80s in in queens i think right in in some borough of new york anthony hopkins plays his grandfather and anthony hopkins is amazing and it's it's a young boy and totally unknown name just this this young kid and Jeremy Strong, who is Kendall Roy in Succession, is his dad. Anne Hathaway is his mom. So it's a great cast. And, and 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 it's just, I don't know, it feels kind of episodic in, in some way. It, you know, it just kind of going through a school year, basically, right? right. And Always a helpful uh, framework for a movie. Yeah, I mean, it, kind of similar to Lady Bird, except he's younger, he's in elementary school. You know, there's a, a sequence where Donald Trump's sister or aunt or something speaks at spoke at his school and which hmm. is a, which, which really did happen. Um, he had this connection yeah. to the Trumps cause they were benefactors at his, sc- at his school. And, 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 uh, it's, it's a really amazing, it's Marianne Trump is, is the person. And she's played by uh Jessica Chastain in this single scene. And it's just, she's amazing. But, but the, you know, there's kind of this true to life aspect of it, but that, but that's not like, it, it's not about Trump. It's not about, politics or anything. Right. It, it's this true to life moment. And as he, as this young boy is kind of coming to grips for the first time in his life with the differences in class and race mm. and, and how does he kind of begin to build a worldview and a framework? And I, I saw some criticism of the movie that like it, it it's not doing enough Or or it's like, oh, this is, you know, his his best friend is this black kid from his public school that he used to go to and the the way their lives take different courses over this, over that school year as he then transfers to this nice prep school and people say, oh, this is like another white guy's perspective on Mm -hmm. race. And, 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 and I, I understand where the criticism comes from, but I struggle with it because from the interviews I've listened to with James Cray, a lot of it is just true to life. And, and he's not interested in trying to answer, how do you solve these problems? Mm-hmm. He, he is more interested. How does a young person begin to build a worldview right. that what are the experiences that contribute to that? One of the ongoing themes in the movie is this kid is this great artist loves to draw. And there's not an adult in the movie that encourages that. Mm. And, and it drives me crazy, right? Like, right. it was the '80s, so that there's a, you know, aspect of it being of its time. But it's like, you know, that would be unheard of kind of parenting today, right? Mm-hmm. And, and among certain people, we're constantly giving affirmation to our kids and the things that they show interest in. And right. so again, similar to the Fablements, right? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say with, I, w- I, with filmmaking, there's a, there's a theme with some of the yeah. movies on our list here. Yeah, I I preferred Armageddon Time. Um, quite a bit more than the yep. Fablemans They're, I just, I don't know, I really want to watch it again, I loved it there's such a sweetness to it, Anne Hathaway is amazing, so I, I know you haven't seen this yet um, highly recommend, yeah really, really enjoyed it, that was my number four what's your number four? I definitely movie I need to see, uh, I'm waiting for it to come onto a streamer, uh, my number yep. four is available on a streamer, Noah Bombeck's White Noise Oh, wow. White noise is so high. I know. Here's the thing. Is it a perfect movie? Of course not. Now, is it a movie that when I look at it, I think, that's me. All right. (laughs) This this is me in a movie. I say yes. And seeing it on my list this high made me see myself in this list. And something, it's got its flaws, but in terms of sense of humor, editing, uh, performances, soundtrack it just crushes for me it is very good i i had a great time seeing this that was it was a great movie yeah i mean the, there is an element of chaos to the approach trying to reflect some of the themes of don de book white noise of like layered conversations that can be very anxiety inducing yep. and chaotic for people but it just it it yep. just worked for me tonally and even the weird surrealist third act that really kind of loses a lot of people I I thought it it was just, I was along for the ride and it kind of snaps out of that fever dream. Yeah. When, uh, you know, like in that third act and it kind of reverts back to its tone almost immediately. Yep. And, uh, me and Sarah just again on a rewatch, we're loving it. And so, yeah. And I can, I I need Adam driver. I got Greta. I got, it's just a winner in my book. I know a lot of people were down on this movie, but in terms of rewatchability and, like, things that I'm actually going to come back to, it's number four. Yeah. Yeah. And it's available on Netflix now. Yeah. Um, Freaking go watch it, guys. It's one of the best... Clo- Here's my review of it. I, I've learned this about myself. If your movie ends with a dance scene in a supermarket, I can't help but fall in love. In indirect reference to Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. Yes. Of so, course. Th- there's an ending scene in a supermarket that is maybe my favorite moment at the movies this year. So yeah it's a ton of fun i love the use of sound and um kind of background dialogue and the use of the brands Mm -hmm. um it's very well done i like this movie a lot and it's Um, fun to see noah enter his spielberg era yeah no that's a good point it's very different for him and big big set pieces not just people talking in a room mm -hmm. and i'm kind of curious kind of where he goes from here because i thought it was effective he did a great job yeah um Yeah, So my number three we already talked about was Nope. What's your number three? My number three is After Sun. and After Sun. I I knew I was going to like this movie. Uh, It was the last one I've watched on this list to get added, but I heard heard a lot of chatter around it, and it it was hauntingly effective for me. Yep. Uh, I watched this this week as well. Uh, It did not make my top ten, though I thought it was an excellent movie. It's a very quiet film. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I liked it. A, I liked it a ton. I think it's so good. And then I watched another movie that is similar this week called The Cathedral, which I really didn't care for. Mm, interesting. Uh, and is a kind of a it's 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 kind of as the same visual approach, but it's there's a pace there's a slower pace and, and that kind of thing. Uh, the Cathedral was this year twenty one. I don't I'm not sure, but um, I was really struck by so. After Sun takes place over a week on a vacation with a 11 year old girl and her 31 year old father, mm-hmm. um, and whom and she does not have a super meaningful relationship with because she lives full time, it seems, with her mother. Right. This seems and, like their once a year, like yes. hangout trip. Yes. I and, and maybe because of the discomfort I felt is mm-hmm. why it's like not on my top ten because. Yeah. I really relate it. Like there were feelings of this that it evoked of like our own, our own family vacations. Right. That's why I had to put it on my top. ten. So oh, I'm like, my gosh. I'm feeling way too much of this movie for it not to yeah. be here. And then for me also, because it's like at a resort in Turkey or something on the Mediterranean, um, it really, it, it, it has a, a kind of more, a, a, obviously it's a very different culture, cultural resort and that it really evoked memories of me visiting my family in Ghana when my wife was living there and us going to resorts and those are like very mixed feelings I've like very I'm not nostalgic for that and a lot of that is kind of there's a lot of negative emotion attached to those feelings and so I was definitely reacting to a lot of that as I watched this movie totally yeah there's definitely like I said like a haunting unpleasantness yeah to some of what's the movies going after like yeah. it's, it's like this 11 year old who's like, to me so much of the movie is, and, and why it rings so true for me is like, you just, your parents are different people at different points in your life. Yeah. In terms of like you really can't know what's mm. going on with them and, yeah. and context is everything. And so yeah. things that you experience as a kid, when you look back and be like, Oh, you know what? Now that I know this about mom and dad, yeah. that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be pushed in really great or really sad yeah. places. Yeah, that's no, totally. So, and then obviously, like recently, we're we're both fathers. It's yeah. you know, you're you're playing that game uh, of yeah. identifying with both characters here. And yeah. honestly, Paul Mezcal is a freaking oh movie God, star. He's so good. He's, He's really good. Ridiculously good in this movie. Absolutely. And it was kind of like this felt like Cousins with the Florida Project to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a smallness to it, but I, yeah, I, I I liked a lot of it. It just you know, if we're judging how much I want to revisit any any mm-hmm. one of these movies, that's that's not. That I, I know it's so weird yeah. that that I actually do want to go back to it. Like yeah. there's. Like, like we talked about with our sight and sound, there's just this like quiet meditativeness to it that that I'm drawn to that I wasn't fine. It's like my one little quiet movie on the list this year. Yeah. So, Uh, but again, like I watched the cathedral and I really didn't care for it. And it has the same kind of meditative aspect to it. Mm -hmm. And, and, but it felt just so self-indulgent. You know, Mm -hmm. there's parts where he just airs like full commercials from the nineties And like, and it's like, oh, it was on in the background, and that was formative for him in these years. but I'm like, when that's my favorite part of your movie, something's not working. It's like we don't need to show full episodes of the Power Rangers for you to get that. You know, exactly. Childhood is childhood. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and 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 it, yeah, I just didn't didn't care for that. And I I think after some was really effective in in what it obviously what it set out to accomplish man that scene with the rug dealer the scene with the rug dealer and then to me the final shot of the camera panning to him and then him going back in that club yeah yeah oh boy so anyway that's my number three uh great my number three we already said so my number two is also one we already mentioned and that is top gun maverick top top okay because we talked about a little bit and i think it's going to work better in conversation with our number one let me just hold yeah, we'll hold yeah, and I'll no, just I'd say your number 2. Yeah, my, yeah, yeah, my number, number 2 of the year, which frankly, I am I'm astounded and uh disappointed that it is I'm gonna nowhere explain. on your top 10. But know, my number 2 is Babylon. I know. I mean, it's freaking Babylon. I know. I, I don't so. you know, I don't get you guys out of here. I don't get these movie people, these movie reviewers and movie watchers. How how this movie it deserves a lot more than what it's getting. I'll tell you that much. This is the newest offering from What's his name? You, Damien know whose previous work includes yeah, La La Land, First Man, Whiplash, all great. This movies. guy's my guy. I mean, La La Land wasn't, wasn't quite my thing, but I love La La Land. though. But Whiplash, and even pairing yeah. that with First Man, like I, 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 I like know. how much this guy Pendulum swings with his movies, from like the insanity yeah. of Whiplash and La La Land in terms of like set pieces and just like extremes. And then like a super yeah. quiet first man, you know, like very restrained, very quiet, slow story. Yeah. And then Babylon, which is like descending the gates of Hollywood hell. <laughs> and that it is. So my feeling of Babylon is I, I, I feel so conflicted about it because I feel like I cannot recommend this movie to anyone. And, and that's part of the point of top 10 lists, right? Is that it's like you know these are the top 10 these are what i think are the top 10 movies to go see from this past mm-hmm. year and i can't recommend it because of a lot of the content that's in it and it is it is so over the yeah. top right yeah. and there is a point to it he is making a real point about he's making a real point about the depraved nature of hollywood and he does that at multiple points in the film i himself. mean not to give spoilers but the film opens with an elephant defecating on someone who's that's trying true. to move um, the elephant somewhere for a shoot and that's the yes. beginning of the movie yeah yeah so and 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 it only uh, continues on from there and and i and and obviously that's the point he he's making that as a point mm-hmm. um but i i just and he's he, it is not none of that is meant to excite you mm-hmm. right it it, it it that's not the point of it at yeah. all it it is Certainly, of like, look at how this place destroys people, right. and and the title of the movie is Babylon. Okay, and and apparently right a lot of it is fairly historical. Yes, maybe and, not the Toby and Maguire and so stuff, takes, but but maybe. Sure. But but it takes place in the basically the twenties and thirties in Hollywood, making the transition from silent era to um, sound and pictures, and Brad Pitt's in it, Margot Robbie. And there are scenes in this that are absolutely electrifying to me. Some of the best scenes of the year easily. Oh, but I can't recommend that anybody see it (laughs) because, and I, like I didn't know the extent of any of it when I went and saw it. And so you're just there and it's a three hour plus movie and you're like, Oh my gosh. And, and and then you get through that and then there are these great sequences. Um, and I am really struck by what he's trying to say, which I'm not really sure yet. Um, but, you know, again, if we're measuring by how much I want to revisit, I have, I'm have i even conflicted about that. Um, right. With this movie. It's, it's, that's the other thing. It's hard to talk about. It's hard to talk yeah, about. It's, it, it's hard it, to recommend. It, it, it's hard to watch at some points. But there's nothing else like it. And, and, it, it, and it's crazy because, Singing it's, in you the know, the it's Rain a lot like Hollywood, all right? <laughs> Singing in the Rain is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And, and there's a sequence where, they're now making a, a movie with sound. The anxiety on the set to get the sound. The sound engineer who is this elevated position. The number of takes. Everything. And and that's like 15 minutes. Mm. And it's like the most perfect short film of the year. Yeah. Like, there, there's an obsessiveness to that scene similar to Whiplash. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, not yeah. my time. Let's, oh do my Let's do it again. Let's do it again. So he clearly he's yep. drawn to... Uh, whatever idea of, you know, obsessive filmmaking and yeah. what, it, what it takes to make great art. But I think that scene is actually a great segue because that scene reminded me so much of maybe the best scene in 2022 from our number one pick. Oh my gosh. Like Do, the best movie of the like year. Like even the colors were similar of what was going on. But just a, a, a set piece, a little slice in this three hour, you know, gauntlet of a movie for both Babylon and our shared number 1 pick of the year tar it's got to be tar i just and this is one i have no qualifiers to recommend this i mean this is not going to hit people you're not if you're not on, the, on its wavelength then right. it, it's going to be tough but but what a beautiful wavelength oh my gosh what a beautiful meter oh yeah you know like if you can get in time with this movie and I, there is no time without Tar. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, there is no time she without Tar. <laughs> allows you to start. So this is directed by Todd Field. He hasn't made a movie in fifteen years. He created this character with Kate Blanchett. We did an episode on it. Go listen to our episode. To but himself. I would say this: I I recently rewatched Tar, and I was you know even more excited. And I would I would put it on again today. Right. Like, uh, this is... And I'm not even sure why. Yeah. Like, I, I've been thinking a lot of, like, why have I really responded to this movie? Uh, what was the connection you were making between this and Babylon? Uh, I, I th- the, the preciseness of that scene in Babylon. And, and, yeah. Oh, you're talking about the Juilliard yeah. scene in Tar. Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. why those scenes felt, like, almost in conversation. I mm-hmm. oh, mean, that scene is so good, but that wasn't even what I kind of keyed into on this viewing um that i keyed into the ghost story elements of it there's a haunting there's a hauntedness to this you know one of the things that is like kind of now i guess infamous on twitter is that at the sequence where lydia tar is running in the park Mm -hmm. she you know hears a woman screaming she hears a woman screaming and that audio of that woman screaming is audio from the climax of the Blair Witch Project. Which is crazy because when you're first watching Tar and you hear that screaming, you're like, this movie's about to take an insane turn and it doesn't. You're just left with this, like, I guess someone's getting murdered in the park that she's running in, (sighs) like, off in the distance and we never know what happens. You never know what happens. Because it's horrifying. And that is, yes, yes. And it awakens something in you because you've probably seen Blair Witch. (laughs) I'm, like, looking over my shoulder right now. You know, and obviously he's not trying to set these movies in the same cinematic universe. Right. And I, like, what does it matter that that's that audio is from that movie? I don't know, other than other than he's he is moving us closer to horror with it, and quite literally, it, and it reinforces the haunting, and it reinforces the craftsmanship and the deliberateness of the movie. Right. Right. It's a it's a really deliberate choice to make that the audio you play at that moment, and not just screaming that they recorded for the film there's a deliberateness to this. And I think that is everywhere. You know, one of the other sequences that is often cited online that I caught in my second viewing, you know, there's this motif of Lydia waking up in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and kind of being haunted by something. Right. And, and you, you know, there's a metronome that's left on in her study. It's kind and, of a stairs to nowhere. Things. Like you feel like they're going to answer the question of what's going on uh-huh. with that. And they don't. Oh yeah. Yeah. We talked about this a little yeah. bit in our episode, but yeah, you know, I think it's the last time she wakes up in the middle of the night. As she as she sits up in her bed and then gets out of bed and walks out of her bedroom, you can see in the corner of her bedroom is a woman just sitting there in a chair with red hair, mm-hmm. and the obviously kind of a, the obvious illusion is that this is she's being haunted by the ghost of this Krista, right? This protege, right? But the movie doesn't call attention to the fact that there is another woman in that room haunting her, and you definitely miss it on your first viewing. Hundred percent. I missed it I on a giant movie theater it. screen. You know. Yeah, I saw it in a movie theater too, and I totally missed it. And I think Todd Field knows that most people are gonna miss it, but it's still there. So there's still some subconscious level unnerving of recognition yeah. and unnerving, right? And it's that's so beautiful to me. I, I that that kind of stuff really floors me. Not because it's a bunch of Easter eggs that he's mm-hmm. kind of hidden in. It's it, to me. It's honestly. It's the way. It's similar to the way a piece of classical music kind of moves you in a way that you're not even kind of right. aware of how it's doing it. Like, because there's so many elements, like a, layered on top of each an other, an overture or a theme, like a me- yeah. a melody line that like might have yeah. been heard earlier is then buried in another section somewhere else. A hundred percent. Yes. So the layering of, of a musical composition is what he's achieving in this movie. Yeah. And it is, it doesn't call it tension to itself, which is right. That, Mm -hmm. that would be a a, a kind of the mark of a well-composed piece of music. (laughs) It doesn't do a a violin shriek (laughs) jump cut to like, what was that? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the level of craft craftsmanship is so, so great. It's so precise, everything about it. And, I know you and I talked about it last time, but that that last act when she falls and the movie takes this wild turn, and I don't know, I, Kate Blanchett is doing something so singular to me. Mm-hmm. We, we've talked a ton about awards, but there's this kind of um, impending inevitability <laughs> of Kate. Inevitability, Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Uh, I was going <laughs> to say the inevitability of Austin Butler winning for Elvis. Oh God. Um, did if, you see you that know, Quentin clip ro- going around? No, I didn't. Some of us on Twitter, I think he announced something at the Golden Globes maybe, but it's okay. just him saying her name and someone <laughs> clicked it. It's like two seconds long, oh. but he says it and <laughs> He Kate is like plunged. the dorkiest dude ever. And I think yes, I think, he is, he totally I think everyone in Hollywood is like a oh, boy, Quentin's here. <laughs> But he also makes just some smaller movies, so we'll allow it. Yeah, he does. And everybody loves him. Um, okay. And everybody wants to work with him. Kate Blanchett. <laughs> like, what is this? What a goof. Um, but there's like this weird uh, impending inevitability of Austin Butler winning for Elvis and the Rami Malek thing for winning for Freddie Mercury. Like, I hate that stuff. And, and Austin Butler is really magnetic in the in the Elvis movie. I know you haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. It's a movie that doesn't, it's kind of weird. He he has charisma. Right. That's when you cast this person as Elvis. For sure. But it is an impression. Right. Like right. Can, can, can we just be honest about what that it is? That he's kept up post movie. Yes. But what Kate, Blanch, Kate Blanchett is doing <laughs> is so She's possessed. Singular. Yeah, she was possessed. She, she has created this character with Todd Field mm-hmm. and now she inhabits Lydia Tarr. Yeah. and and I listened to Todd Fields was on Marin this week and uh, he talks about he and his editor, they they had to edit in Scotland or something. They were kind of isolated. It was just them in this manner, like for a couple of months. (laughs) I don't know. Like there was some stipulation with the funding of, of tar that basically everyone, all of the whole crew had to be Mm. non-American except for him. Interesting. And uh, I, I'm not sure why right, that is, right. um, or what studio, whatever. But so, so he was editing with his editing partner, and and they would edit. They would just work for ten hours a day or whatever. And then they go on these four mile walks. Um, but they would, they, they would just laugh at all the little ticks and and stuff Kate does with her hands and all these things that they didn't notice in the room, mm-hmm. on set. But they see it come, you know, to an extra She's a level she's an absolute she's extraordinary yeah she's amazing yeah. amazing amazing uh, hey, you know what else is fun there's more scenes where like there's just a woman in the background that people like clip together on twitter that you it, didn't even notice and I didn't even notice it's kind <laughs> of scary is that kind of scary <laughs> it is absolutely chilling yeah. to, to me that's scarier <laughs> than Bar- anything in oh, Barbarian. Yeah, you're like what did you sneak in when oh, oh there's 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 more stuff and i was like i was like looking for it on my second viewing yeah. and i can't find it yeah there's more <laughs> it's it's crazy and i think it's one that's even more obvious like it's in the middle of the day like in her room oh my gosh so it, to me and I, I alluded to this earlier there is the um the kind of contrast this continuum of top gun maverick to tar right. that's why we saved that right conversation for top yeah gun. and i and I do think they're my two favorite movies of the year, so I'm not doing this to be cute, but I think they represent like everything that I love in movies, mm-hmm. which is I love I love I know more than you do, but I, but we I think we both love the like the popcorn blockbuster if it's done well, like Top Gun is I love that yeah. I love it, but I also am what what gets me excited is the kind of storytelling of Tar, mm-hmm. which is this deep character study that can be really thrilling that mm-hmm. it's, it's not boring. No, there's nothing boring about this movie. It's Easily the movie that I've thought about the most this year after viewing a hundred percent. Like I think about it like a 100%. couple times a week. Yeah. 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 Me too. Me too. The, the, the quality of being able to stick with you like that, um, that the movie itself kind of haunts you mm-hmm. the, the way that it can get away with answering so few, few of its questions. Oh Yeah. And, and so giving a unified whole, I, I... It's one of the more successful gray area movies where you're not yeah. frustrated or it doesn't feel like it's scared to answer a question. It just refuses to. Look, there is, a, you know, we're getting close to Oscar season and all of that. And there's a lot of conversation about what's going to win. It seems like the Fablemans and everything everywhere all at once are kind of leading the pack with some energy around Banshees of Inner Sheeran. Mm-hmm. To me, it is a total mystery why Tar... <laughs> is know. not and has not been the front runner for months. Kate Kate's gonna win, and she should. She should. But uh, you know, and if everything everywhere all at once wins, I, it's like, well, I'm not gonna, I can't be that mad about it because at least it's interesting. Yeah, at least this year there's gonna be very few like actively bad nominations. The, yeah, there's no like green books. Yeah. among the list, yeah, for sure. And so I just. I don't know. Go watch Tar. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, I think you can rent it now for like five or six bucks. I don't, I don't yeah. know if it's streaming yeah. anywhere, but yeah. we're going to we're. we're yeah, gonna, I think, I think if it streams somewhere, it'll probably be on Peacock just based on who owns it studio yeah. and that kind of thing. We're, yeah. we're, I'm about to rewatch it because Sarah wants to see it for the first time and I am very yeah. excited. All right, honorary mentions. Um, I have got a few. Um, one documentary that really came very close to making my top ten, uh, but ultimately, I think I know what just this kind is. Of fell off, Fire of Love. Oh yeah, I've seen people yeah. talk. Have you seen it? I watched the first ten minutes. Was like, I love this. I started yep. it to confirm that I would like it, yep. and then I'm going to save it for. now. yep. Yep. It's uh, the two volcanologists in the '80s, um, and they lost their lives in a in an eruption. That's kind of spelled out pretty early in the film. Mm-hmm. But the the movie is a collection of all their archival footage of all the volcanoes. They've hundreds of volcanoes. They've active volcanoes. They visited. Yeah. And it's like there, there are moments where they're standing on the lip of a volcano that's erupting. There's just a wave of lava. And, and my mind literally cannot make sense of what I'm seeing right. because it is so unusual. So out of what I normally experience and it's not a special effect. And and I am astounded by this. And I think this, the cinematography the, this, on, on this documentary yeah, is like yeah. some of the best of the year. And and I think they've done a really good job of, of piecing this story together. So Fire Love, let's see. I, I think I want to just mention, you want to mention a couple? So other than what I said with, yeah, other than the Northman, I also had Avatar on my honorary mentions. I had the Batman, which was close, like yeah, me too. I, I rewatched that movie, I think, the m- most this year out of all these, like just w- with really? multiple friends, you know. And yeah, yeah it's, it's a good one. People are, yeah, are kind of sleeping on it. And then the last thing yeah. I wanted to say is less of a movie, but hey, it's on Letterboxd, so it counts. But it is Kendrick Lamar's "The Big Steppers Tour <laughs> Live from Paris, which is, it's like a live concert. It's on Amazon Prime. It's one of the more yes, cinematic true. things I saw this year automatic five stars go check that out it is the the live production work yeah was astounding to me and and yeah, yeah like i said i was like this is better than most movies i saw this year so i thought when you said it's not a movie but it's on letterboxd i thought you were close to saying uh we own this city uh the david simon mm. um hbo miniseries is also very good which also very good. I wish I could do uh, an impression of uh, Wayne. <laughs> um, we'll, uh, we'll save uh, that. Yeah. Um, I, I also just, I was going to say Glass Onion. Yeah. Um, it was fun. Which I loved and not quite as good as Knives Out, but the more that I've thought about it, I've seen it twice now, mm. it's, I just, I just think, I don't know, it really works for me in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and there's 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 more to it. Despite the metaphor of an, a glass onion that has seems to have layers and nothing in the middle, I think this does have more to it than yeah. you might initially expect, and I, I like this a lot. And then um, I was I was gonna say the Woman King, mm. um, yeah, that, it seems
1: uh, like it's which good. is just like
0: a really really solid kind of historical epic. Yeah, Viola Davis is amazing um, in it, and I, I like that a lot. So yeah, that's that's all I got. Man, okay, let's let's run it down one more time. From 10 to 1, what is your list? My number 10 is Kimmy. My number 9 is The Fablemans. My number 8 is Everything Everywhere All at Once. 7 is Decision to Leave. 6 is Avatar The Way of Water. 5, The Banshees of Inner Sheeran. 4, Armageddon Time. 3, Nope. 2 is Top Gun Maverick. And number 1 is Tar. And mine, 10, officially, Banshees of Inner Sheeran nine is Bar- barbarian eight is top gun maverick seven decisional leave six is nope five is bones and all four is white noise three is after sun two is babylon and number one baby it's going to tar tar yeah, i love Tar. 2022 like tar. in a neat little top 10 bundle package for you guys uh, yeah. um hey if you're listening to this and you're on instagram follow us at movies while i sleep and comment maybe some of your top 10 choices what 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 do you think is a is a crime against humanity that this film didn't make it on our top 10 let us know on on the comments there Yeah, send us your top 10s yeah we want we want to we want to to get the conversation going here and uh yeah and, and until next episode which our next episode is a very special one we have our uh, our first guest of the year, yes. and it was actually recorded before this episode, but we figured we needed to get our top 10 of the 2022 out yep. as soon as possible. But next episode, we will be watching, and it's going to help us uh, start to uh, chip away at our little sight and sound movie list project that we got going for the year. Uh, we are watching Stanley, oh, Stanley yeah. Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey with uh, special guest Silicon Boone. Some of you guys might be wondering who Silicon Boone is. Uh that is Sam Yoder's moniker for his music projects. Uh-huh. Uh yep. which Silicon Boone has an album called The Reaches, which is on Spotify App Music. And it's like a space themed like opera, rock opera it's yep. not like a cheesy hair metal rock opera it's like really good stuff one of my favorite albums of 2019 and uh Tales of One yeah. Space Aussie is I think his favorite movie it seemed like and yeah. so we asked yeah. him to be on the pod he, he's, he's really awesome and we had a great conversation with him so we are excited to drop that episode next week Yeah. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram and send us your list. At Movies While I Sleep. Give us a rating and review so the pod gets heard by more people. And uh, other than that, good night, y'all. Bye.